Oh, hi, podcast listeners. There's many ways you can listen to The Real Nerds Podcast. You can subscribe on iTunes. You can also subscribe on Stitcher Radio. You want to send us a Twitter message? You can do that. It's so easy, at Real Nerds. Like us on Facebook, Real Nerds Podcast. You can visit our website, realnerdspodcast.com, where there will be a lot of articles for you to not only read, but to listen to our previous shows. Do you like your stories told through pictures? Then you can also follow us at Real Nerds on Instagram. You can also call us, 720-6Nerds5. Thanks for listening, and enjoy the show. Camera, action! Well, a real nerd knows who shot, and a real nerd can follow the plot, and a real nerd can... Doesn't talk film! I'm sorry. Take it outside. This is Real Nerds Podcast. We are the best movie podcast on the internet. Don't fact check me because it's true. I am Ryan and I am being joined by Brad. I'm here. You are here, <laughs> having a great day, living life to the fullest. Totally. You know how I roll. I mean, really, that's the only way to live life is completely to the fullest. And Anything if you're not, be a waste. Then, then it's on you. It really is. <laughs> Just think about all the people who wish they could be alive but can't. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then think about how you're spending your day. Yeah, that'll, that'll motivate you, hopefully. <laughs> yeah. Don't be a piece of shit. Keep going. <laughs> Think of that poor kid in the cancer ward who knows he's got like a month to go. Oh, like, dude. Oh. <laughs> fucked up. And just be like, maybe I shouldn't just sit here and eat potato chips off my chest. Oh, well, I mean, that's fun. <laughs> it is but... fun, but I mean, you're not living <laughs> your life to its fullest. So, oh, okay, I gotcha. Speaking of living life to your fullest, every week, on Real Nerds Podcast, we see a new movie and podcast our experience to the world. This week, we saw A Man Called Otto. Stay tuned, because we will recommend the film, or not, play the trailer, and then spoil it. We'll also talk about movie news and what we've been watching. It's what we do, Brad. It is now year 12 of Real Nerds Podcast. Um, do we spoil what our uh theme at denver fan expo is going to be this year why not who cares <laughs> uh so it's, cool. it's going to be yeah it's going to be blockbuster video style yeah which uh you've already ordered the stickers for it and they look awesome yeah they're actually a little bigger than i wanted but uh yeah they're here that's okay most people agree bigger is better yeah but yeah, we're going to do a pop-up video store as our booth. Um, you know, assuming we still have a booth. <laughs> I don't, we uh, we don't yeah, sure. re- really I'm know sure. if we're officially in until like a month before. So hopefully I don't make all this stuff for nothing. Yeah, well, I guess if we're not, then we'll just uh, walk around with our, you know, messenger bags and hand them out. I don't know. Yeah, we can get some uh, VHS cases with like little fun things in them and hand them out. Yeah, I was I was going to, you know, I was thinking about how to make the booth more like a blockbuster video and uh you know, it's microwave popcorn. I wonder if we could get real nurse microwave popcorn or we'll just put stickers on popcorn we have or something, I don't know. I think we can hand out like unpopped bags, but if we pop it, it's like a food health issue. Oh yeah, no, not that. I mean like, you know how cuz when you go in, when the blockbusters in the old days, it smelled like microwave popcorn. Oh, just bring the scent in. Yeah, I mean, we'd have it there, but not that we would pop it, just that there would be bags of microwave popcorn available. Oh, like we popped it and then brought it to the con? No, it's not popped. We just hand it out. <laughs> so it's it's the unopened bags? Yes. Okay. Just create that feel, you know, in Twizzlers or... And no, it won't be Twizzlers. it be Red Vines. Can you imagine um, if we had, like, a microwave there and just, you know, every five minutes you just heard ding... <laughs> Ding, 
<laughs> on the show floor. Yeah, I mean, but if we eat it, I mean, and have it popped, what is that? I mean, it doesn't really matter, does it? We probably do have to have a license to hand out food, though. Yeah, handing like we like we could bring in a bag of popcorn and eat it ourselves, but if we sold it, that would be an issue. And I'm sure their kiosks or whatever have their popcorns. They'd be like, "Uh, you're cutting into our sales, buddy." Then they take us out back and make us bite the curb and (laughs) curb stomp us. Yeah. (laughs) That's the way to be. Booth permissions have been revoked. (laughs) Cutting ties with brothers. A lot of guests today, too. I know. I'm excited. Uh, Gates McFadden's going to be there from Star Trek. But again, it's also like I never take these early (laughs) guests seriously because they usually cancel. It's hard because it's what it's still like five and a half months away. So yeah. So uh, yeah, I I only pay attention to the guest list, you know, a few weeks out. So, but if yeah, it holds, ine- pretty cool. <laughs> Inevitably, it's ah oh, man, I have to do pickups for this movie. <laughs> so I can't make it. Do, do I want to continue my career and get jobs? Yeah, I'm going to cancel it. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Easy, easy choice. Yep. Well, awesome. Speaking of awesome, um, we have yet to mention that it's the 10-year anniversary of our pod show. It is. And I don't want to jinx it yet, but there could be a documentary in the works. Yes. Uh, I think some stuff has been filmed. Um, Some things that... uh, Really, we're going to, um, and I, I didn't want to say this, Brad, but since you mentioned it, we've been working on a behind the scenes, uh, documentary for the last year. And I really hope this is going to shed some light into the inner workings of our podcast, because a lot of people think we just get together and throw it together with no thought. But I think this documentary is going to really surprise people. Yeah, I mean, I get questions all the time about, you know, what went into it and, mm-hmm. you know, all the all the small details um, about how it was made and, like, what was our inspiration? And I think this documentary will finally answer all that. It'll, it'll be it really the true, will be true behind-the-scenes uh, accounting of our experience 10 years ago. It, it And, you know, I think it's really important that we do tell the truth. Because exactly. there's been a lot of false rumors about, what um it was like in the early days you know mm-hmm. us getting started to become the greatest movie podcast um it didn't happen overnight and there was a lot of bumps on the road but you know what instead of you know paving over that road and making it smooth we're really gonna peel the layers back and you're gonna see all that went into it it's it's i think it's gonna surprise some people about how honest we are and, and if you have the the blu-ray of the series and you're like oh well all the behind the scenes on that i know how this went i don't need to there's nothing else i can know let me tell you we left out a ton of controversial stuff from that blu-ray and we saved it for this documentary and it's it's going to be it's going to blow your minds i know in, in fact i think while you were filming you kept like a mental image of say you know basically saying i can't use this right now but in 10 years exactly Mm-hmm. I'm going to be able to use this and show everybody what's up. Yeah. I remember having that conversation with you, uh, probably the first episode of the pod show we shot. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's probably the most controversial one. And so like right away, like my, like I had a vision of like, you know, this won't work in the episode, but um, if we save it and reveal it years down the road, it's going to be, it's going to be something special. Yeah, and I, I pretty, I'm pretty sure you mentioned exactly 10 years, is if I remember that right. Yeah. You know, we were in the backyard of my in-law's house. You said, in 10 years, you're going to see this footage. Yeah. And I didn't believe it at first, but after assembling the documentary and us having a pre-cut, basically a rough cut of what it's going to be, um, I think you pulled it off. And... Just so the people know, I know you're going to want to see the five-hour cut of this documentary, but we just can't do it. You know, um, we got to save something for the 20th anniversary, so it's it's probably not going to be that long. But just know we poured our hearts into it. Totally, yeah. Um, May is the official one year, so you've got a couple months to get everything polished and 
um, and presented. And yeah, it's going to be amazing. Yeah. I mean, really we're just working on the visual effects right now and they're so complicated and yeah. there's 2,700 visual effects shots that it's going to take about three to four months to get them all finished. Yeah. Ryan and I have been uh, contributing to a fund that's going to pay for all the CGI that this documentary needs. So um, yeah, we've been doing it for like dipping into that fund for like two years now. So it's pretty extensive. Yeah. Yeah, and I, you know, I think I think people are going to be impressed. I really do. Yeah, I can't wait to see the reactions because there's just so much shocking, um, you know, stuff that we have been sort of afraid to reveal. Um, yeah. But now that we're seasoned veterans, and I think, um, you know, there might be some, uh, you know, it was a different time, so there might be some stuff yeah. that might come back at us. But, uh, um, you have to remember what we were back then. We were just a podcast. Yeah. And we're trying to make it in a medium. I mean, I, I think we finally answered the question too. What is a pod show? You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, we really dissect it and, uh, analyze what goes into what's the difference between a pod show versus a podcast. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, it, I, I, I really feel like no one else has, tackled a pod show as effectively as, as we have um and really no one's oh. ever engaged with one as as much as we have i mean just think of all the celebrities we had in our freaking pod show i mean I right off the gate we have robert downey jr um the ghost trappers are in it and you know how much they've blown up since then oh and- they're, they're they're the preeminent uh ghost hunting team in denver yeah, I didn't want to say this, but in uh, Ghostbusters Afterlife, they consulted with the ghost trappers on the proper way to use, um, you know, the ghost traps and to lure ghosts out of hiding. So, yeah, like before, you know, they, they consulted with um, uh, like Ivan Reitman's team. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like, oh, this is all kind of fake, you know, Hollywood props and whatnot and like for afterlife we want to go real like dan Aykroyd is an actual ghost hunter so we want more information on how to actually trap the paranormal uh, paranormal and of course Correct. uh what we did for the ghost trappers you know elevated their status so they're the they're the premier consultants for that kind of thing now yeah it's so i mean just blowing up left and right i mean it is interesting how you know, we've really elevated everybody who's been on the pod show. Their careers have only gotten larger and bigger. Yeah. Um, <laughs> all the artists we had in the Denver Comic Con episode, um, you know, they've taken off. Jonathan Tiersen was obviously yeah. pretty big before he got to us. You know, he's a legend. Yeah. Um, so, but now he's, now he's legendary. Um, just it's what we do. I yeah. mean, we, we, we we give him a platform for his music, which wasn't as well known as his performance in Sleepaway Camp. So now he's this huge, like world famous musician. So, and you know, I don't like to toot my own horn, but I was a co-writer on that song, and it it, it just, yeah, I mean, it was ignored by Billboard, but it's egregious. It really is. I feel like they ignore a lot of stuff anyway. So I, you know, what do they know? Yeah, yeah, we're good. So stay tuned for that. That's coming soon. Um, we're just finishing up, like I said, the visual effects shots. And um, hopefully, well, I mean, not hopefully. It is worth the 10-year wait. Um, if you ever wondered why Brad died and you never heard anything, we answer that question, too. Yeah, it's uh, – I think people are going to be surprised at what the, what the, the result of that It's going to be. I can't I wait to see the reactions. Yeah. You definitely won't cool, well, be able to predict it yourself. Oh, no, no. They, they won't even know where it's going. They'll think they do. But then, you know, that one twist about three quarters of the way through, they'll say, what? And that's what it's going to be. You know how, uh, like, the vibe of those modern true crime docs, and you're like, oh, I know how this is going. And then oh, yeah. right before the episode ends, it's like, and it pivots to this thing you never expected. And then it just cliffhangers you and you have to immediately hit play on the next episode. That's what this documentary is like. Oh, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. It'll be interesting. Um, 
And I, I hope everyone appreciates our candor during the whole thing. But until then, this week on Real Nerds Podcast, we saw A Man Called Otto. Brad, do you recommend Tom Hanks' latest? Yeah, I think it's a it's a it's a nice movie. Um I I as watching it, I was I was wanting I've never seen the original movie it's based on. So I was kind of wondering like wanting to watch that instead. It's way darker of a it's like a material than the trailer yeah. leads on. So uh get ready for that. And then um but yeah, I think Tom Hanks is great in it. I think all the the, the supporting characters are great. Um, it's an interesting premise, um, but it's also a little predictable. Um, so yeah, I enjoyed it, but I I wasn't like, oh, you got to see this movie. <laughs> yeah, I I agree. I it was more fun than I thought it was going to be, or uh, I enjoyed it more than I thought I was going to. Um, yeah, Tom Hanks is great in it. I actually really liked the lady who played his neighbor too. Uh, Marisol, I thought she was really good. Um, the one thing I did not like about this movie is the poster that is really badly photoshopped. Like the cat is basically floating in the air. Um, I don't get it. Um, but I never really looked at go, it. <laughs> you should see it. Like the cat is in the bottom right hand corner. Uh, basically at Tom Hanks's knees. Yeah, and I, then I pulled the, it up. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't. Make, it doesn't make sense. Like, why is a cat floating in midair? Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. But yeah, you should go see it. Also, the... in the movie, there is not a uh, like a, a park or a lawn between the row of houses. Nope. Um, it's a street, so that's been edited out. Yep, I don't know where they got that background from. It's definitely like some computer-generated image. <laughs> yeah, they just photoshopped the two rows of houses together and then put a lawn in front of it. And yeah, it's yep. heavily edited. Yep. And then again, the cat, like it doesn't make sense where the cat is at in correlation to where Tom Hanks is at. You know what I mean? It's, yeah, the cat would be floating. It yep. would have, I don't know, three-foot legs. <laughs> <laughs> That's the movie I want to see. It looked like one of those uh, uh, things from the Dark Crystal with the long legs. What are they called? Oh, fuck. I don't remember. But with a cat's face. Yeah. What are those called? I guess know. I should watch a, the Dark Crystal more than once every 10 years. Um, yeah. Here's a trailer for A Man Called Otto. Hey, back, 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 back. What is he doing? Parallel parking. Parallel to what? The whole neighborhood is falling apart these days. Get out of here. Nothing works now that you're gone. I brought you some food. Okay, bye. Are you always this unfriendly? I am not unfriendly. Okay, you're like a warm cuddle. What is that? Looks like he's yours now, Addo. You are not taking over my bed. You think you have to do everything on your own, but no one can. I can't stand watching one idiot try to teach another how to drive. It's lesson time. Thank you. Clutch in and brake. Brake, brake. The car is stopped. I almost hit the car. Mr. Ryan's a hybrid. My life was black and white before Sonia. She's always going to be with you, Otto. Hi, Otto. My father used to smile like that. I'm not smiling. Exactly. I have a cat. Uh, and a man called Otto... Tom Hanks stars as a man named Otto and he is very grumpy and you slowly learn through uh, at the beginning of the film. That's because his wife died and Otto is just angry at everything. And he decides that he can't live without his wife. So he's going to hang himself. But while he's at the, hardware store getting roped to hang himself he argues with how much it costs and it's only like a dollar 90 and he thinks he should only be charged a dollar 63 or something um and uh yeah 
as he's about to hang himself, his across the street moves uh, Marisol and Tommy, uh, a married couple that have two kids, and she's also pregnant. She is from Colombia, and he is also from Central America, and um. Yeah, so he uh, thinks that the husband's a nitwit and always tries to help him. And throughout the film, he keeps on trying new ways to commit suicide, and he keeps on getting interrupted. And he slowly learns that um, maybe he should not do that, and maybe he should live life to the fullest. And, And it tells stories through flashback, and you find out why he's so bitter and why he's in the state he's in and he needs someone like Marisol and his, her family to kind of get him out of his funk. And it's told through really great flashbacks. I think with uh, Tom Hanks real son and who plays a younger version of himself and um, them growing up to get or growing old together as a married couple. Um, And yeah, that's the basic premise of the movie. Yeah, you nailed it. Yep. Uh, it's like I've been doing this for a long time. It's, um, I, I didn't expect all the suicide in it. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so like this is based on a movie that was based on a book. Um, the, uh, by Frederick Backman. And no, then there's this know. 2015 Swedish film called A Man Called Ove. Um, so I don't know if it's like based on a like memoir or anything, but, um, so yeah, it's, I'm interested to see like what the Swedish grumpy old man is like versus the, uh, and I, I felt like the, uh, grumpy Tom Hanks was kind of traditional, you know, like yeah. I kind of, aside from the suicide part, um, you know, he, he's kind of like upset at things that you would expect boomers to be upset about. Um, <laughs> like there was, wasn't really a new take on it. No, but you know, a... I did really. Sorry, what I thought was interesting was that um, the young trans uh, kid in it, Malcolm, was telling the story about how Tom Hanks's wife, who was a teacher, was the first person that kind of accepted him for who he was, and in a way that kind of opened Otto's eyes that you know he's sitting here miserable and wanting to kill himself and his wife who was paralyzed in a a horrific bus bus accident and lost their child in it was still a sunny bright person and always um made time for people and um was kind and caring and i think it was a really interesting uh take on it that he learned that maybe he does have an issue um because there's that one part just before he shoots himself where it's an interesting thing before each time he's about to kill himself, he kind of has a uh, life flash before his eyes and it always starts off with a nice memory of his wife. And then it kind of dovetails into him uh, being depressed. But uh, his wife basically says, you know, you don't need to be so angry. It's time for you to live your life. And he follows that for the rest of his life. But it's also interesting that he, like, growing up with her, never kind of became that, you know? I, I figure yeah. um, someone, you know, someone who thinks everyone else is stupid, um, like, clearly didn't pay attention to his own wife enough. Um, mm-hmm. Definitely treats her like uh, she's this, um, you know, prize on a pedestal um, all her life because... Um, they also allude to his, like his backstory is that he is not a very artistic person. Like he grows up just kind of focused on reality and facts and, uh, yeah, you know, is about numbers and science and stuff like that. Does not a big dreamer. Doesn't, doesn't even read, um, Mm -hmm. I guess beyond technical manuals. Um, and that like, and yeah, so she's kind of like the opposite of that. And that's why he's attracted to her. 
Yeah, and but, I think too, um, and this might just be my interpretation of it, that he also romanticized her a lot after she passed away. Yeah. And um and he was struggling with it because he I forget the line, but it was really good about how he only lived for her and now he can't live without her or something like that. Yeah. I thought it was really interesting. And it's interesting too, when he started hanging out with Marisol, even though this other uh, woman was, you know, giving him the time and tried to bring him out of his shell. And even when it seemed like it was going well, he would still contemplate, you know, suicide and sabotage himself. Yeah. Anytime he felt something for the family or her, you're right, he would sabotage himself. But there was like great moments, you know, even when he was in his car trying to asphyxiate himself through carbon monoxide, uh, he got all pissed because (laughs) Ruben wouldn't know how to use a ladder, or Tommy, I mean. Um, And uh, it's just an interesting take. And um, you know, I did shed a couple tears when um, he talks to his friend Ruben, who became uh, he got some sort of disease. I'm not sure which one. Just catatonic, and, I guess. Yeah, but he uh, he responded to Otto and how they used to be friends, even though he was a Ford guy and he was a Chevy guy. <laughs> and, um, I know what a bizarre rivalry. Yeah, and you it, it was. They're not even in Michigan. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's interesting because it, he talked about the coup and you thought it was because he got a Toyota towards the end. And it was really because the HOA. They were cons- <laughs> yeah, they weren't considerate to him for his wife's um, hand, uh, disability. So it, there's a lot of layers to this movie. And I mean, Tom Hanks is great in it. Um but even uh, you know, like Tommy, I really like the the husband for Marisol. Um, yeah, he's like a really like cool, fun dad, but he just lacks the um, like skills to just be, um, I don't know, like a functioning, responsible human being. I guess. Yeah, but he's but he's like a genuine character. You know what I mean? Like everything about him is yeah. genuine. He loves his kid, loves he, his wife. And he just you know wants yeah. to make their world the best it can be, but he's, he lacks like the actual like technical skills yeah. to do it. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, I, was, I was a little fun. frustrated by uh, his wife too. Cause I felt like she was written as like way more forgiving than I think any woman would be with a guy <laughs> like that. I'm like, I don't know. What do you think? <laughs> like, uh, I don't know. I think in the first time they met, she sensed something with him. And that he needed help. And that's why she was so adamant about helping him. Um, like he's so dry <laughs> and like, um, yeah, uh, clearly doesn't have any interest in any other people, but her, um, mm-hmm. in general. But yeah, I just felt like, I don't know, in this day and age, like he, he just, he was just so boring that she was just like, it was just like written like it has to work so that like, that's how it's going to work. So I'd be interested to know if this is based on actual events or not. Yeah, I don't know. But yeah, it was a cute movie and um, I, I I enjoyed watching it. And I was really bummed when I went to the Alamo. I was the only one there until about two minutes before the movie started. And luckily they picked like three rows behind me. So... <laughs> Yeah, I think I was. Well, like, that was nice of them. I got saddled with like two people before mine, but yeah, they went to the back and I was up front. You know, I notice I go to the Sloan's Lake one all the time, and I see movies in theater two more than any other one, and I'm always in row four, seat eight. <laughs> <laughs> That's like my go-to. Which What's your favorite row to sit in? Um, actually, it's in my stats. Um, sorry, I just have this weird like I have to sit there thing because I think you're like me. I kind of like the screen to envelop around me. Yeah. Um, 
to, I like to feel the movie. <laughs> I just want to feel it. Yeah. <laughs> what? <laughs> um. Yeah, actually, That's I think last year, I guess last year, um, my favorite seat was the first row. No, no. Okay. Yeah. Fourth row. Yeah. Theater one, row four, seat nine. Interesting. That's the one I went to the most. I guess actually I, technically my favorite seat is at the Esquire and it's in the second row of either the left side or the right side. That's probably when I sit in the most. Hmm. But as far as the Alamo goes, yeah, it's 1409. Nice. As of last year. What was it in 2021? I have all this stuff. 3501. So, yeah, you know, different Alamos too. So, the Alamo at Littleton, their seats are bigger. So, I usually sit in row three um, because there's more space between them. Uh, And then at the Sloan's Lake one, it's four. I go to the Westminster one maybe once every couple months. And not because, I mean, it's a really nice theater. It's just, it's really far away. Yeah. Uh, But yeah, they're big show. The seats are really narrow, so mm-hmm. they're really close to people. But at least you have your own self-contained table and everything. So, yeah, yeah, cool. This is the big news story. It's real news. Now, some people would say the Academy Awards being nominated, but to me, it's uh, the Ninja Turtles soundtrack coming out on Waxwork Records with exclusive artwork by Kevin Eastman. Hell yeah. That drops Friday. Yeah, Friday they're they're releasing Turtles 3, the soundtrack, but they're yep. also re-releasing 1 and 2 with like new vinyl pressings, which yeah. are awesome and made people like me, people like me who bought the originals a little annoyed, but yeah. You know, they on their repressings, they do that, and they usually get either it's new artwork or they get new colored vinyl. So, yeah. the ones I got when they first came out are like solid orange, solid green. Hmm. And yeah, now these new ones are like these cool splatter things. Like the Ninja Turtles 2 splatter is like purple and green, like to, you know, Ooh, that's cool. honor the fight between Super Shredder and everything. And then uh, the first one, they have a new splatter where it's like the four different colors in green mashed together and. Yeah. So, what uh, Turtles movie do you think has the best score? Probably still the first one. I mean, John Dupree did all three of them, so they're all a little similar. But um, yeah, the first one, there's just like certain cues that are yeah really yeah get I me. agree. Yeah, I the second one one's a little more better, fun. Huh? Yeah, I think the first one has a better uh, feel to it. It's a little darker, and the Two sequels are a little more lighthearted. Yeah. Like the first one has that cool, like when they do the finale fight and it just like escalates and escalates. Um, yeah, there's some good beats in that. But yeah, like two has, you know, when they're, when they're playing uh, uh, keep away with the ooze canister and it has like this, uh, I don't know, like this Western giddy up uh, cue to it. It's a little silly. Mm. Um, but I mean, I, uh, the third one I'm, I'm excited to hear because it has that uh, like Eastern influence to it. Yeah, it does. Yeah, you're right. So I haven't seen that movie in a long time. I think that gets a bum rap, and I think it's kind of a fun movie. Yeah, I, I screened it at the Bug for like my birthday a couple years ago, and because um, I never got to see it in the theater when it came out. Mm. Um, but I, people malign it, like in all the Turtles groups I'm in. They're like, "Oh, it's so dumb," but I, I enjoyed it, man. Like, yeah. If you really pay attention to the comics, it's kind of a, again, like Super Mario Brothers, it's a little mishmash of things that are silly on the page that they made more realistic. You know, like, yeah, time travel. Yeah. They, they like, there's a character, Renee, with this time scepter that takes the turtles through time. Renee would be silly <laughs> in that world, but, you know, they, they converted it into just having this time scepter thing that they find. And, um, you know, you get Casey Jones back because he's not in the second yeah. one. So that was cool. Um, would have been cooler if he was back in time with them, and he sort of is because of Newt. Um, but yeah, is it Newt? What is his name? 
Yeah. I mean, I'm relying on you. I haven't seen it in a while, but I never thought it was as bad as people said it was. <laughs> I saw aliens recently. So I'm just like, I think am I saying the right thing? <laughs> <laughs> Get away from her. You batch. <laughs> so yeah, that's coming that's out. Movie. Yeah. And then, um, yeah, do you have any other news? Cause I got something. Uh, no, go ahead. Uh, yeah, a little close to me. Uh, I guess Regal is filing for bankruptcy, Regal Cinemas, and they're going to close some uh, theaters in Denver. And the two that they're doing are the two closest to me. <laughs> so no, bummer. it's like, because I still have uh, the uh, Regal Unlimited pass. So yeah, the Meadows in Park, Park Meadows Theater is going away. And then the South Club, really? which that's like the anchor for that whole community there. So I'm like surprised that that's the one they're getting rid of. Like yeah, that's a, a nice theater too. Yeah, um, almost too nice because it has that like VIP section. Hmm. Um. So yeah, it's uh, Wit, not Newt. Wit. That's the ancient Casey Jones's name. Sorry. Um, no, you're good. Yeah, that's a. Uh, so I guess uh, I'll be going to the Continental or um, the Pavilions because they have the late showings, but or River Point. But yeah, it's so much farther away now. Yeah, lame. Uh, yeah, the only thing I'll say about the Academy Awards, um, I think it's cool that Top Gun was nominated. Um, my big pet peeve with it is if Marcel the Shell was nominated for Best Animated Feature, so should Avatar. It shouldn't be in the Best Picture. Oh, this is all I'm totally. Thinking. Yeah. Also, it's the same thing. I watched the behind the scenes of Top Gun Maverick and how like they put six IMAX cameras in a cockpit. Like, how do you not get this yep. cinematography? <laughs> I know. At least, at least nominate. You don't have to win. Just like nominate. Like that's a pretty impressive feat. I remember I when it was like, Hey, we have one IMAX camera in the dark night, like for like five minutes. <laughs> like they put six of them I, in those cockpits. It's crazy. Yeah. I was saying that since I watched that behind the scenes stuff, I said, man, if this movie's not nominated for best picture, best cinematography, best editing, I mean, come on. <laughs> I think it did pretty well otherwise. Uh, overall, like I can't complain. Like I don't care anyway, but I feel mm. like compared to past years, I think they're they were they uh appeased more critics than they have in the past. Um obviously yeah. way more diverse representation representation across the acting categories, which is great. But um Yeah, I mean I want to see, you know, Kihu Kwan win so bad because yeah. his his speeches have been so awesome that and he deserves it too. He's so great in that movie. Yeah, and then it's it's tough because like you want Michelle Yeoh to win, you want Kate Blanchett to win, and it's just like yep. uh, it can only be one. Yep. Yeah, I, I think for the most part they got him right. I think uh, the, my only issue is that Marcel the Shell was nominated for best animated feature, and it's literally exactly what they did with Avatar. Avatar just had more money. So. Actually, Marcel has more live action stuff than Avatar does. That's what I mean. It's like <laughs> it's literally the same thing. <laughs> yeah, that's messed up. But you know, what do I know? Absolutely nothing. Um, RRR got a uh, best song, which is nice. I'm surprised it didn't make it into the international feature, but I know. I and that's another one where that Avatar got best picture and RRR didn't. Where I think RRR, even though it. Like, I wasn't in love with it as much as you guys were. But to me, that's more of an achievement in filmmaking than Avatar. Just me, but what do I know? Yeah, Avatar should have been the best animated feature. Like, yep. they, they, like the, I, can't, I can't complain. The animation's incredible. <laughs> yep. And I'll, and I'll die on that hill. Damn it. I'll fucking die on it. This is what we've been watching. So, uh, yeah, this is the stuff we've been watching. Brad, what's what have you watched this week that would interest someone? I don't know, Ryan. Uh, <laughs> are you interested in Brotherhood of the Wolf or You People? Um, I've seen Brotherhood of the Wolf. What did you think of a French werewolf movie? <laughs> I saw it. I, I, so they... I guess it's the 20th anniversary they released in theaters. And when I heard it, I was like, I've seen that movie. I don't remember anything about it. So I went to watch it again. Um, and I, it mostly came back to me. Um, most, most notably the, uh, 
yeah, bone sword. <laughs> I was like, oh, that's right. That, that, that serrated bone sword that like comes apart like a mace and comes back together. And then I forgot about the yeah. CGI lion. <laughs> Fuck yeah. I haven't seen that movie in so long. Like, what's it even about? Is it, it's like there's werewolves or something hunting them. I can't remember. Yeah. There's this cult, this wolf cult. Um, and they're trying to, uh, like, um, spread their doctrine and like in doing so, like take down like the, uh, French, um, I can't think of the word right now. It's so obvious. Um, like the French kings, like the power, the aristocracy, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, yeah. So initially, a bunch of peasants are killed by this wolf. They bring in uh, this one dude, and then Mark Descascos is his like sidekick mm-hmm. um, to investigate. And the, you know, this French dude's like, I don't think it's a were like, I don't think it's uh just wolves. I think it's something else. Um, uh, so yeah, it's, they investigate a bunch and then, uh, they go on this hunt for the wolves and they kill a bunch of regular wolves. And the French dude's like, I still think it's out there, man. Like it, this thing's huge. Like the mouth on these bites, uh, is crazy. And then he, uh, like hooks up with Monica Bellucci who's uh like runs this brothel. Um, she is very attractive. <laughs> yeah, and then um he but he's also like into the the Lord of the Lands daughter. Um so he's trying to like hit on her and uh her brother like is missing an arm or so you think. Uh and it uh yeah, so he's like helping but then he's also sabotaging everything cuz he's in on the cult and um. Yeah, it's it's uh, uh, Mark Descascos. Like when he's in it, they go from like arty French film to The Matrix, <laughs> like fighting. Yeah, so it's like tons of slow mo fighting, and it's cool, but it's also like sort of. Uh, it's an odd addition, and then the the most glaring thing is the C- like the early two thousand CGI. Because spoiler, the uh, it's not a wolf; it's a lion, and uh, the brother like lived overseas for a while and he brought these lions back and bred them uh and killed one of them killed a bunch of them but saved this one and then like sort of like the site in the like remember the village when it was just people with like huge monster yeah. costumes that they made yeah to keep people from leaving he basically did the same thing but for a lion um and abused the shit out of it so they've been using That's it to right. kill people Fudge. and you know instill fear in the countryside and um yeah our french hero figures it out and they kill his buddy so he goes on a like a patriot style revenge spree just man really you know, killing it's everybody so long since i've seen it but i remember stylistically it's really cool and that it was a big deal when it came out yeah and also the 20th anniversary i guess is a re-edit and has way more footage um like the whole hunt i with the uh, across the countryside with all the villagers just shooting all these wolves I didn't remember that from the original. It's mostly the end, but you know, w- before it comes up, um, it has a title card saying like, "Hey, we added all this lost footage and whatnot, and it's a little longer." And um, I think also too, I, I think when it came out originally, it was in like dubbed in English when I saw it, and this version was just completely French with subtitles. So, hmm. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's stylish and it's interesting, but you know, when the CGI comes in, you're just like, "Oh, they should have improved that while they were at it." Yeah, um, because you have like the bone sword CGI, the, the lion CGI. Oh man, that's right. I just remember it. It came out. You know, you're right during the Matrix, and it was this French action horror movie that everybody was talking about. I mean, I saw it in theaters. Yeah, and um, but yeah, it was a big deal when it came out. So yeah, it was an interesting revisit. Um, yeah. And then what's you people about? Uh, it's that uh, Netflix uh, movie with uh, Jonah Hill and Eddie Murphy, where mm-hmm. Jonah Hill's marrying um, an African-American person and Eddie Murphy's her father. And so he has to like win him over. Julia Louis-Dreyfus is his mom and she's like his side's Jewish. They're Muslim. And, you know, all the 
clash that ensues with trying to meld those two families together, I guess. Um, I thought it was pretty funny. The only part that sucked was, uh, this, uh, older couple sat right, it was at the Mayan. Uh, it wasn't right behind me, but it was, you know, in the upper level, there's those really stadium seating things and they sat in like the box seat and, uh, just full on open talked, uh, even oh. with the other row of teens who were sort of talking, but at least kept it to a, a, a murmur, uh, this dude and like they were drunk. So that was awesome. Uh, but most glaringly, he, uh, had a popcorn bag that he would shake up, um, like as loud as possible, like into the air, <laughs> I guess to, uh, sort the corns. I mean, that makes sense to me. Yeah, I mean, um, I don't just dig around the bottom of the bag. I uh, hold it up in the air and then shake it while everyone's trying to hear the jokes. Um, so I I left the bottom row and went all the way to the top. Um, and I gave them the, the, I mean, mugged them on the way and they saw it. So Nice. Fuck them. Yeah. And then there's this other dude sort of up there too, and he was eating Chipotle. So. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, God, I don't want to narc so bad, but fuck it. <laughs> Let's get through this movie. So, yeah, that, my that's young, you. Uh, go ahead. My younger brother used to do that when we went to see movies, and he told them he was diabetic. He, shaking popcorn was the reason. His, no, so he'd bring, guy. like, Outback or Chipotle. In. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Into movie theaters, and he'd say, I'm diabetic, and no one be say anything to him they said well we can't say anything to him he's diabetic (laughs) (laughs) yeah a little part of me thought he maybe he was an employee that was like had just got off too so maybe he was just like got his dinner on on south broadway there and just came back to the theater to watch a movie that was already in progress yeah Um, (laughs) yeah most everyone was in barry linden down in the main theater which i contemplated watching for a minute but i was like oh it's kubrick uh and it's it's (laughs) three three and a half hours long I was like, yeah, I appreciate Kubrick's style and everything, but I just need a laugh today. So I went to you people instead. Yeah, yeah no, I'm, I get it. Yeah, it's fun. And you could watch it on Netflix instead. <laughs> <laughs> What'd you watch? Uh, I actually have been watching a Julia Louis Dreyfus show too. Um, so I'm a, re- I love Veep. It's one of my most favorite TV shows. Um, at- after Seinfeld and Veep is sandwiched in between it, she did this other sitcom called uh, The New Adventures of Old Christine. And I was... Uh, so last week, I worked five shifts in a row, and each shift was 6 p.m. to 6 a.m. minimum. Uh, some One day, I worked 15 hours. So when I would wake up, I was just looking for something that wasn't you know it made me had to think too hard and uh but that was fun so i i love julia louis dreyfus i think she's really funny so i started watching the new adventures of old christine and it's really funny um she's incredible in it she's willing to make herself look stupid and uh be the uh the brunt of a joke and um I don't know. I I I I have this really strong attraction to her because I think she's pretty, but I also think she's really funny. So it's like a double whammy for her. So it's just she's just fun. Um, in it, she plays a newly divorced um, mom, and her ex husband is Agent Coulson, um, and they have this really great relationship with each other their divorce was just they didn't work out and her husband is dating this new uh his new girlfriend isn't also named christine so she's known as new christine um and it's just a silly sitcom i mean it's a pretty straightforward sitcom but i enjoyed it um and the other thing i watched is uh brad i know you've seen a hard ticket to hawaii right oh my god have i (laughs) I own so, that movie. <laughs> so about three or four years ago, I was at Barnes and Noble and there is a DVD set of 12 movies called Babes, 
guns and g-strings and it's all those movies under this umbrella called like malibu pictures or something like that yep (laughs) and so i randomly uh so i got it it was five dollars and i'm like 12 movies for five bucks and i mean hard ticket to hawaii is a classic um so uh because my brain still wasn't working at a hundred percent i i watched a random one i literally just picked a disc out and put it in and i had no idea what i was putting in because uh, this disc set is a Mill Creek, and there's no art or anything on the discs. It's one of those discs that has an A side and a B side, so you have to flip them. And, is the title printed like in the the circle in the middle? Yeah, so they're really yeah. small. So what I did is I opened up the uh, case, I pulled the middle disc out, and I just put it in. And the movie I was watched is called Enemy Gold. So in Enemy Gold, Brad, is it starts off with this the Civil War reenactors doing a Civil War battle um, that they then two of the Confederates run away and bury gold in the woods or swamp. Yeah, come on, guy, we gotta get that gold. <laughs> yeah, or in the swamp, I, I don't know. And, and the gold bricks look—they literally look like bricks that have been painted gold. Um, and, <laughs> and then it cuts to present day and, uh, this super hot chick who I'm guessing is a playboy playmate and her character name is Becky Midnight. Um, she rolls up on these two other agents who both wear like vests and no shirt. And the dialogue is awful. Um, it's not quite as crazy as hard ticket to Hawaii, but it's one of those movies that is so stupid and that it got made that you're entertained. You know what I mean? <laughs> oh, I know. I, I have plenty of those. They, I mean, I, I'll, I don't know if I'll ever watch it again, but it's, it's literally the, so this Becky midnight goes to these, to this warehouse where these guys are at and they're randomly loading guns. And so when she walks in the door, the one guy's like, Hey, who are you? And she flips him over and they used to be lovers. Okay. And then it cuts to her uh, going into the bathroom and just taking her top off. I don't know why I guess just to show boobs. <laughs> so dumb. No, it's, and it's then people... serious dramatic tension, of course. Oh yeah, for sure. And then they go to a, uh, this place where this drug lord is putting cocaine into watermelons and um, they eventually find the gold and yeah, I don't know. I might watch it again. I really, I don't know if there's a Blu-ray of it. If there's one like hard ticket to Hawaii where it has like special features and stuff, you know, I, I might get it. I don't know. <laughs> um, I think uh, they did put out each of those like sometime, some kind of like vinegar syndrome type uh, company did each of those or something so i think you can get like a, a, a extra special version of it than your mill creek nice. version so uh i do love the character names in it because julie strain is in it obviously and her character name is jewel panther um so i have becky midnight and jewel panther and there, you know there's parts where julie strain is just in a, a leopard print bikini shooting people um you know, there's no snake in it, and there's no dude who like gets like shot by a rocket launcher in midair. Um, <laughs> so that's a bummer, but it, it's silly enough where you can watch it and have fun with it. <laughs> nice. So I might watch another one tonight. I don't know which one I'm going to be watching, but if, uh, when I see it, I'll let you know. Makes me want to watch Hard Ticket to Hawaii again. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I mean, I have eleven more of them to get through. So, got eleven of them. I know. I and I, I'll never. It was literally five dollars, and I think I even paid. I got thirty percent off on it. I may have paid two dollars for this thing because I remember it was in a cell, and they had that the the Littleton Barnes and Noble has this value section of DVDs, 
And every once in a while, they have taken additional 30% off on them. I want to say it cost me $2.85. Andy Sedaris movies. That's what it is. There we go. So, yeah, there's like Picasso Trigger, Savage Beach, Hard Hunted. uh, Hard Hunted? Fuck yeah. Guns, Fit to Kill, (laughs) Return to Savage Beach. Dude, you didn't tell me Hard Hunted was chicks with holding guns with a helicopter and fire behind them. It's yeah. obviously a sequel because it says the world's hottest undercover agents are back. Uh, yeah, I, I think they're all based on like I think the the two girls from Hard Hawaii like ended up in Picasso Trigger and Savage Beach and probably Hard Hunted. So, so, so it must be like, so it's like the Marvel Cinematic Universe, huh? Yeah, but for topless women. <laughs> Fuck yeah! Yeah. Uh, on IMDb, if you look up Enemy Gold, it says you might also like Dick Shark. <laughs> Dick Dude, Shark? It's three hours and 20 minutes long. Wow. A romantic couple get more than they expected after the husband's experiment with penis enlargement cream go awry. The fuck? So, like, it's it's not a shark. It's just, like, a overinflated dick that's probably, I guess, on the prowl. Yeah, the... The poster they have is a chick who looks like she's going to fillet a shark that's like a dick. It's called Dick Shark? Yep. Google doesn't know what it is. Uh, 2016? Uh, yeah. Uh, there's full frontal male nudity. Also, the main plot theme is a phallic shark under IMDb's sex and nudity for severe. And this is in your collection of those movies? No, it ju- it's just as, like, in the s- scroll of, you might also like. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, it's like, this is 2016, they made that, like, that too? It doesn't seem like it, but yeah, I see it. It's like... Interesting. Yeah, it's it's a dick, but it's got a shark's face. And mm-hmm. this lady's trying to bite it. It looks like yeah, the... Like she doesn't- realize that it's a shark or what like she's looking away as she does it but it like the dick shark looks like the uh the alien that the chest burster like when it comes out of the chest like that foul looking thing but has like a little shark nose on it and yeah obviously it's coming out of his pants and she's trying to it's like she she looked away for a second expecting a dick and she's about (laughs) to get chomped in the mouth by dick shark in this story, yeah. women are the ones who say, don't use your teeth. <laughs> Every time, you know, I see a movie like that, I always think <laughs> of the Patton Oswalt skit, Deathbed, the bed that eats people. <laughs> and um, just like that, someone is trying, someone got it made. Good the, for them. I am to be the top cast. None of the actors have photos in their profile except for one. <laughs> <laughs> Well, they probably don't want to be associated. <laughs> yeah, and one dude's name is Bill Zabub, so I'm pretty sure that's made up. <laughs> that's awesome. Scarlet Storm. Definitely a stage name. The, the devil made me do it. Yeah. Nice. Um, Next week is Infinity Pool. Um, oh, cool. Yeah. I, I was... I didn't think that was on your radar and I was totally going to see it tomorrow. So yeah, I think it looks cool. Yeah. It looks messed up. Yeah. Like I, I guess looks cool is maybe too broad. It looks very interesting and fucked up. So I want to yeah. see it. I saw possessor. So I, I know I'm in for some shit. Yeah. I mean, it could backfire and be like neon demon, but you know, <laughs> hopefully it's fun. Uh, I think neon demon's pretty tame compared to possessor. <laughs> So yeah, that's what we'll see next week. Thanks for listening. Bye. Well, a real nerd knows who shot a real nerd. Can follow the plot of a real nerd. Look at all the gods. Let's cover action. Thanks for listening to Real Nerds Podcast, a Nebulous Visions production. 
Stream or download episodes, read articles at realnerdspodcast.com. Stream us on Apple or Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or iHeartRadio. Follow us on Facebook, Real Nerds Podcast. Twitter and Instagram, at Real Nerds. Watch us on YouTube, Real Nerds Podcast. Email us at realnerds at gmail.com. Call us at 720-6Nerds5. Thank you to Sparks Mandrill, Mike at Plan 9 Studios, and Bologna for all of our groovy theme songs. And that's how you fucking do it.